to the Coach B Show, your Hollywood radio show for personal development with expert insights and interviews to help you, me, and we work to be our best and live our best lives. Offering today from your boy, Danny Couture, and your boy, Coach V, you know, success frameworks, behavioral models, and life lessons that if you find value in, that you extract those life lessons, behavioral models, and success frameworks, deploy it and spread it all over your life, leadership, and business. In that, today on the Coach V Show, powered by Island City, where the beach meets the streets, we have brother Danny Couture coming in from the 808. And Danny Itenikato is a family man. He is married to his wife of 21 years, Catherine, and has two sons, Sosaya and Kimo. He entered the University of Hawaii on a football scholarship and earned a Bachelor's of Arts degree in sociology. He spent very close to two decades as a business uh, builder, public speaker, investor, and marketplace minister. He helps to create wealth and eliminate systematic poverty uh, generationally, and, and not just in one generation multitudes uh, of family lineage and generations. He partners with the Holy Spirit to nurture, support, encourage, teach, and disciple the lost to gain their identity in the Lord. His voice and work is his worship to display the love of Father in the marketplace, starting in his own home. His dad made a huge sacrifice to bring him and his siblings to the amazing uh, country uh, and of Inglewood, California for them to have a better life. In fact, his father came to California with nothing. He didn't even know how to speak the language nor understand the culture, but he overworked for three years to save enough money to bring all of them to the U.S. in the early 80s. Witnessing his dad literally work himself to death reminds him that he must do better for the next generations. That's why he said to himself, I will never allow my lack to stop me from going after all that God has for me and my family. Now is my turn to perpetuate the culture, respect, honor, and love to change the future of my children and children's children. His success has earned him a title of the Millionaire Club member in Legal Shield and a 200K earner in the year mark. Mr. Katoa has mentored and trained numerous associates that made them reach high income opportunities and achieve top positions in the company. He has now exceeded all the financial goals that he has and is now heading from the business quadrant into the investment quadrant. Island City and Coach V family, uh, welcome to the show, your boy, Danny Katoa. Danny, welcome to the Coach V show, brother. Hey, uh, brother, it is an honor and a privilege. I've always been a long admirer of your journey and the work that you're doing. So uh, I'm actually humbled and, and, um, and quite excited to, uh, to be here, sir, and, and, and finally get to meet you and fellowship uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's been great. It's been great. Yeah, no doubt. And, and just so you know, 
that that I also feel the same thing about you and all that you're doing. And I'm excited to continue this journey and also just feature all the great things you and your team are doing, not only for yourself in terms of your own success, but within your community, in terms of spreading God's amazing grace all over the people that you come into contact with. So let's start there, Danny. Danny, tell us your story. Well, yeah, I, I think a little bit of in, in my bio kind of gave you a picture and a glimpse of, of what it is. But, I, you know, I grew up and I was born and raised in Tonga. And uh, I was, at the age of 10, um, you know, we migrated to uh, Inglewood, California. And uh, that was a culture shock. You know, I mean, you go from a third world country into the hood of Inglewood, California. But uh, I thought I thought we was, you know, they people talk about America, it was kind of like, you know, the picture of, of, of heaven, you know, that's the mm, imagination mm. I had as a 10 year old. Right. And, and so, uh, when we landed, uh, in Hawaii, uh, in 83, uh, prior to making migrating to, uh, Inglewood, California, man, it was, you know, I've never seen buildings that high. I've never seen cars, that many cars, you know, stores and, things of that nature. So definitely a culture shock, but Inglewood, California was, uh, you know, in the mid eighties, you know, uh, drugs started to infuse the neighborhood, you know, and uh, man, it was a mess, you know? So having to to be there at the same time, I I was like, man, I'm ready to go back to Tonga. It's much safer, (laughs) you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, but, you know, I think, you know, at the time you're young, you're naive, uh, you don't look at it from a set of eyes or lenses of, you know, perspective. You know, you only, uh, it's, it's, it's only emotions, you know, you, the decisions that you make. But it's definitely, you know, reflecting back on it now, it, it has molded me into the person that I am today, you know. And so, so I'm grateful for the environment and, uh, you know, I, I realized that that was the best my parents could do uh, at the time. So never went victim to it. And today I get to rewrite uh, the story. But, man, my, we one thing that my, my parents infuse in my siblings, I have an older brother and a younger brother and two sisters. And um, one thing that my parents infuse in us, in us was our culture. And I never, you know, I used to saw it as a young man as uh, like, man, we're in America. We need to live like Americans. But man, my mom used to beat us uh, <laughs> <laughs> when we spoke English in the house. You know, it's like, right, right. Oh, we're going to speak. Uh, this is our culture. And, you know, there, you know, just looking back, I, I thought there was some good things to it and some bad things to it. But like I say, you take the good and the bad and 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 just keep moving you know and um football was a safe haven for me um mm. pop warner uh i got to play pop warner and uh that was a funny story just to share my, my older brother has been like a father figure to me uh and my best friend my, my my older brother joe he's i think he's like seven years uh older than me mm-hmm. but we're oh i've just always loved following him around and one day we came back from uh, yachting. It was a summer, and uh, I, I think I was 11 or 12. And uh, 
I saw this Pop Warner tryouts. They were right at the school by my house. And I said, man, Joe, you got to take me over there and sign me up, man. I'll bust this guys up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but at this time, I had English. I was was not a, a, a verbiage, you know? It wasn't a, a culture today where I could communicate mm-hmm. effectively. So uh, my brother takes me over and he spoke English because he was the only one in my family. Well, and my older sister, they spoke English because they were in high school in Tonga. And so that was taught, you know, uh, in Tonga to them. So they were like the translator for our family. So my brother literally signed me up for Pop Warner and translated for me everything. Like he went to practice. He was, you know, translating to the coach saying, do a lap like he was a coach and it was so funny but uh it man it it really inspired me I I see uh how come I went um so far in the game to learn and grew from it so I went from Pop Warner I think for two years I would never play Coach V like I never got on the field, you know, right, like right. put on the uniform. I just didn't know. I didn't know offense from defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was willing to go, you know, and um, I think uh, once I figured out defense, they put me a nose tackle. Right. And I saw all I had to do was get the ball, you know, right. get the ball. And one day I shot the gap and sacked the quarterback, and that was it. That That feeling was like – it was like no other feeling. I was like, I can do this, you know? Right. And uh, I, I remember making an all-star team uh, that year on my third year. And I was going into high school the next year. And uh, it, it just literally changed my life. I went in, I played varsity football, started uh, as a, a true freshman. Wow. And, uh, mind you, I, English was bad, mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> the coach uh, at this time, you know, being around my older brother, like, forced me to grow up faster. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a freshman in high school when I started playing uh, in the Tongan Rugby League um, with old men, you know. So yeah, yeah. I started, started playing club rugby and just because I was following my brother. And he loved the game of rugby, and I played with him. But football really taught me discipline. It really uh, allowed me to grow, but more so, it taught me how to be a leader, and it taught me how to speak English. That's <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm so grateful. I went to uh, El Camino Junior High, I mean, uh, Junior College um, for two years, right? And um, then I got a scholarship, you know, to University of Hawaii. That was a dream for me mm. uh, in Hawaii, and uh, my coach, uh, Coach Justice. I owe him my life, and, and he made that dream happen for me. And, um, so I came here to University of Hawaii to make a long story short. I played – I had three years to play, two, uh, and then I got my degree, and I went away to uh, chase, you know, the, the dream, right? I played a little bit of uh, arena football. I played arena football, too, and had a little sting in arena football, one, but never really quite work out in uh, – so that's when the real world set in. Right, right. Uh, that, you know, you try to figure out what the next move. Uh, I got it out of my system. And, you know, uh, I came back to Hawaii. and I married my uh, girlfriend at the time, which is my wife now. We have two two beautiful boys, teenagers. 
Uh, they're both in high school and uh, one is a senior and one is a freshman and just loving life, man. I found, um, I found Legal Shield through my first time utilizing the internet in mm-hmm. 2003. And uh, that's what I do today. It's, it's, I've been with Legal Shield for over 18 years. Wow. Uh, and uh, has literally revolutionized, changed my life, just like the game of football. And, you know, I got involved in ministry about 10 years ago. I've always been mm-hmm. in ministry. Well, I've always been around ministry because of my parents. Uh, they, were, they were heavily uh, into it in, in Inglewood, California. And my dad basically did it for the rest of his life before he passed. And so I, I wanted to get as far away from ministry as possible. You know? Right, 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 right. I Pastor just, son. Pastor yeah, son, right? Exactly. And, and <clears throat> I, just, I just saw the sacrifice that my dad made. And I was like, man, and especially in Tongan, you know, Tongan, we this this we don't really teach grace, and so we, we're almost like I felt like you know being bossed around. I didn't really have a life, so that's why I chose uh, sports. You know, like I try to keep myself busy. I went, I, I even I played, I wrestled, and mm-hmm. I was a wrestler. I even played baseball. And wow. tennis. And tennis. <laughs> so, so that way you, you, you don't have to do all the booty at home, right? <laughs> Come on, brother. We <laughs> are alive and already. And uh, that's, that's so that I just can't, didn't have to do any chores or any responsibility or, or going to clean up the church, you know. Right, right, right. That you know, once in a while it's okay, but not every day. I wasn't, I wasn't with it. So, you know, just rebellious just like any, any kid, you know, but man, life has been good. I I realized that my, um, my, my parents' prayers and, and their their guidance is what uh, I'm at today. And I'm grateful for that, you know? So uh, yeah, man, life is good. I I couldn't, you know, as a adult uh, today at 48, um, you know, I feel like, you know, uh, I understand the the word legacy, you know, building a legacy and, mm. and um, you know, want to definitely honor my dad's sacrifice. You know, that's what drives me today to, to, to go, even in spite of not knowing, you know, uh, what's ahead, if that makes sense. And so I definitely want to leave my, my children in the same, um, set the same pathway uh, for them as what my dad and my, my mom, uh, my parents, uh, have uh, instilled in us and my siblings and I. So that's the goal, you know, is to really, I read a book, Coach V, uh, a while ago through business called The Jewish Phenomenon. Mm. That, book, uh, that book really inspired me. Um, and just seeing how the Jewish community in Beverly Hills and Hollywood and where they at today, you know, um, in life, you know, financially. I mean, they pretty much own Hollywood, Beverly Hills. Right. But at one point they didn't, you know, but right. the, the way that they came together and one generation, that general, the first generation they came to America, they were willing to die so that the next generation will live, you know? Mm. And they, so they worked together as a, as a team, you know, and that's how they built each other up to be owners and buy, and they went from labor 
to being owners, you know, now to be investors. And um, so that, that always intrigues me to go. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of our tongue community and churches and things of that nature, they work together, uh, but at some point, you know, uh, they lose vision um, of what they want to accomplish because simply there's no vision. They're just working for money, you know, so. Right. Wow. What, what, uh, what an adventure. I mean, just talking about, because every time I think of Inglewood, I, I really do think of, because of my past experiences, like Century Boulevard and the car wash right there off of Century. Right? You know, I think of that donut spot, you know, um, who, who, who can't think about, you know, you know, the, the, the arena there right off of Century where the, the Lakers form. play. Yeah, the form. What was that called again? The form. Yeah, the form. I mean, yeah. like that, that's what I think of. And thinking of a kid like you coming at 10 years old from Donga to that. And, you know, there's the, California is, is pretty big and and suburbia is everywhere. But if there's like that's my first experience of really a concrete jungle was like Inglewood, downtown L.A., right? Yeah. Right. South Central L.A. Central is, LA yeah. Like people don't realize that are not from from Cali that SC is the hood now. <laughs> right. It just got better. Maybe the last maybe 15 years. Right. But I mean, like in the hood. Yeah. Right. 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 In the hood. Right. And 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 that area was really, really rough. Uh, so let's start with my, my first question is, please introduce us to who your parents are and like where in Tonga you came from. So, yeah, that's a great question. So um, my mom is from uh, Kolomotua. She's Kolomotua uh -huh. and Kolovai. And uh, her dad is from Kolovai. Her mom is from Kolomotua. And my dad uh, is from Kanokupolu and okay. Havakatolo. And so my, my um, but I grew up in Kolovai. So my parents uh, got married and they, they uh, raised uh, us in Kolovai. Mm -hmm. And so we're from uh, the Hihifo side, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, just uh, a very part of a very large family, extended family. And, uh, you know, I think almost every Tongan, it's the same way, you know, the family's very extended, but ours is extended, extended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, um, but yeah, that's where my parents are from. Um, and then before we migrated here, we still have, uh, they still have, we still, I still have uncles and uh, aunties. They're all spread out, Australia, New Zealand, uh, and then in, still in Tonga as well. Yep. And your parents' names? Oh, I'm sorry. My, my dad's name is Billy Funaki Gatoa, and my mom's name is uh, Emma Luisa uh, Gatoa. But it's, she's uh, Fe'ao. Her maiden name is Fe'ao. Fe'ao. And then... When you first came here, talk us through like your schooling in in Inglewood, elementary school, junior high, high school. Ooh, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's I get emotional talking about that. You know when uh, the first day I was dropped off in the fifth grade, so I came here. I was ten, uh -huh. and uh, I was getting ready to uh, go to college in Tonga, 
Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And so uh, my 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 friend, I wanted to go to Toloa, but right. uh, I, I, my my siblings, my siblings, uh, my older brother went to. Uh, he went to Tonga High, and my sister went to Golis uh, Fefinde, and uh-huh. my, my, my brother, who's my cousin that I was raised with, he went to Atele. Uh-huh. And all, you know, I couldn't go to Golis Fefinde because they're all the girls. Yeah, and, girl school. And my, my, my uncle who raised me at the time, you know, he asked me, he said, hey, w- w- what you thinking? You know, where, where do you want to go to college? You know, because, you know, you have to take a test, right? Right, right. To go, and then you got to pick, I think, like three schools or five schools that you want to go to. Then you take the test. And then the equivalent of your grade determines the school you go to, right? So the highest is Stone High. And so I told my uncle, who was the principal of the school who raised me, he said, well, let's just see if I can go to this school, you know, to where my brother was at. And my uncle looked at me, he goes, boy, you know you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. So, so yeah, so that's, uh, I, so the fifth grade, so when we, when we transitioned and moved here, um, I was getting ready to go to Toloa with my 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 age group at right. ten years old, right? Right. I get here that the school system drops you back to, uh, to the fifth grade, so I went right. to the fifth grade. And man, Coach V, I I would never forget that day. I felt like I was being dropped off at an orphanage, you uh, know? Uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, because it, it's a foreign country. You know, it's a foreign land. And I know nothing. Like whatever the teacher was saying, I I I heard it, but I couldn't interpret. Yeah. I didn't know. Had no. I was clueless. And uh, I was standing there. I was like, "Man, y'all gonna just let my saw my parents walk away," and with my auntie uh, Linda, who was helping us. Uh, and um, I just, man, I just break down crying. I, I will never forget that day. I, I, one of the days I still feel like an orphanage standing there, but like being mm. left behind. So I had to repeat the fifth grade twice mm. uh, because I came in, uh, I started right before there was ending. There was like three weeks before school system was ending and somebody told him, hey, at least get him into the system so that he can be counted for, you know, mm. I don't know what, I don't know what the whole strategy was, but uh, my auntie Linda took us. She was an interpreter, helped us fill out the paperwork, and got me and my younger sister into elementary. So I, three weeks of school, then the summer, then I had to repeat the fifth grade again because obviously I didn't pass, right? <laughs> and I think that worked out great for me because it put me in my right age yep. uh, growth, you know. And so it gave me another extra summer to uh, learn a few words. And so when I came back the following year, I got hip to the culture a, a bit. Like I started to see, and this is where I got introduced to, uh, I got introduced to uh, Pop Warner football, you know, and and that that accelerated my learning curve and my learning process of, of learning how to speak uh, English. But that, now the education in in um, in Inglewood, California, was tough, man. And so, 
went from from the uh, fifth grade, um, six graduated from there, went to the uh, junior high school, which was right next door. And what was the name of the schools? The elementary school in the, uh, the the it was Woodworth Elementary School. Yeah, Woodworth. <laughs> you, you know Woodworth. Man, because you know we got we got some mutual people we know that grew up there. Right, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. So Woodworth, that was Woodworth High School. I mean, the uh, elementary. Elementary, school. yep. The junior high was right next door. It was called Monroe uh, High School, uh, Junior High, and the high school was right in front. You know, is it was called Morningside. So it was all, it was all connected together, and the, and the hood was like, was facing all the school like it was it was like circling the school you know and right it's just kind of a, a setup for a bad environment <laughs> yeah 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 man that, that that that's awesome and then so el camino i mean that's one of the i mean el camino and those jc's down there so uh strong long beach cc el camino pasadena cc right mount sack riverside cc i mean those are some freaking dogs i mean those junior colleges one there's more junior colleges in that region than most like 10 or 12 other states wow. combined something like that right and then but you're basically just driving like city to city and then the cats that either didn't didn't know and needed to develop or couldn't couldn't qualify they end up there and then they go big Right. How was that? How was that experience? Like, who was the head coaches there? How did they impact you? And what did junior college do for you? And then being able to leave being, you know, a three for two, that's pretty good. Yeah, um, man, I, I, I'll say it this way. It was probably the best time of my life of growth. Yeah, uh, because I I I got humbled uh, big time out of high school, not getting a scholarship. Um, for not having things in order, you know, I just yep. thought that the talent would take me to where I wanted to go. And so I was humble. So I came in with, with, with a little bit of chip on my shoulder to outwork people, you know, and that was the first time I really felt like uh, working, like putting in the work, you know, for most of the years, uh, you know, you put in the work, but it's mostly systemic is that's put together by the coaches, right? Right, right. I right. never really made a decision to go out and run on my own or lift right. on my own or work out on my own, right? But when I got there, one of my best friends, his name is Chris Mamalanga. He's a year ahead of me. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. one year ahead of me. And so Chris was in Kansas. And so that was a huge inspiration for me. He got a scholarship in Kansas. And every time he would come back, he would like, we would connect and, and I saw his work ethic was like at a whole different level. And so that inspired me to work on myself, you know, but I didn't really uh, pick up like all the, the whole uh, dedication and self-development of, mm -hmm, of, of mm -hmm. working out on my own. But man, every time Chris uh, came and this other kid named Viliami Maumau, uh, mm. they both went to the pros. It, it really inspired me. So we would work out together, you know. But El Camino taught me how to play the game right and mm. really taught me, really prepared me for the next level, uh, you know, <laughs> really prepared me for the next level uh, in, in, so, in so many ways, you know. And then 
Uh, I think it was the best, as I reflect, I think it was the best time I played the game uh, for fun. Because yeah. when I got to D1, it was, you know. It was I, business, it, right? It was yeah, real. it was business. It, was, it yeah. was real. Like the guys that was in front of you, they were just as good, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. What, what would separate you from them, you know, is it's actually work. You know, it's, it's the work ethic and the discipline, you know, and uh, and things of that nature. But El Camino, my coach was, uh, his head coach was John Featherstone. And uh, my position coach was Coach Justice. And, mm. um, you know, we still, him and I are still friends. We still talk today. Uh, matter of fact, I just saw him a week ago. But, uh, yeah, I, I had a great time. That gentleman taught me how to play the game. And, and recognize tendencies and how to read the play. Mm -hmm. Something I, I think it was taught to me in high school, but I just it went a one out of one year. Yeah, yeah. Another, you know, and I just relied on my talent a lot to make up, you know, a lot of things. So, you know, today, having to try to preach that to my kids, you know, <laughs> uh, my oldest son, he gets it. He's a hard worker. He, he separates himself by working hard, but my youngest, yeah, he just, he, I can see a lot of my tendency in him uh, in so many ways. But El Camino was was uh, probably one of the, uh, a pivotal point in my life, you know, re really growing from a young man into being a man, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Junior college, I, I was a JC guy too. And I, I just feel like that's just a, uh, just, it, it can go sideways real quick. <laughs> totally if, if you if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and you're you're just hanging with the wrong crew and if a person doesn't have the discipline to keep their eye on the prize and really what the mission is or or have any goals right but for a lot of people can also be a springboard so then you go from junior college riding around on buses traveling from cities to cities to now being at the university of hawaii and flying all over the country what was that like for your perspective <sighs> Yeah, man, it was, it was weird, exciting. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it was weird and exciting because uh, we're in, in so many ways. Like, uh, you know, I realized how much budgeting and finances and plays in the game of football. You know, as a young age, you just play the game, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but uh, I realized how low budget we were. And I'm, yeah. I'm not saying anything bad about Hawaii. It's no, just, real talk. You know, this is real talk. This so, um, like, we used to fly. Like, so like for instance, we fly in to play Wyoming, right? Yeah. We get in is to Wyoming, so we have to fly to L.A. or somewhere else for a connection flight. Right. And then from there to Wyoming, we land at 3 a.m. in the morning. Right. We get to the hotel. We have a quick meeting at 4 a.m. in the morning. Then we go to sleep. It's like 5 a.m. in the morning, right? Then we got to wake up at 9 and get ready for a kickoff at 11 o'clock, you know? Right. And man, you know, are you running down the, 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 the high altitude on kickoff? Yeah. And, uh, by the time you get to the end zone, it's like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. based on the lack of sleep, lack of nutrition, and the lack of preparation about mm -hmm. the altitude, it was it was it was bad. So that was a, some experience I had to adjust and learn, you know, years uh, to get through. Uh, but the, you know, 
it's always fun when you're going with the boys. You know, you right. all, of, all of that so all of that stuff goes out the window when the whistle blows. You know, you yep. know, you know, and and so we we started to learn how to prepare and put in the extra work. You know, every every uh, every week we had to travel. You knew you knew personally that you had to to work extra hard, like especially playing. Uh, schools like BYU, Utah, Colorado, yeah. Air Force, Colorado, Colorado State, you know, yeah. uh, in in uh, the uh, military school because you're playing you're playing at high altitude, you know, yeah. you know it's not like going like going to San Jose or or or, or state or something like that, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was it, it it was tough, but like I said, it was one of the best experiences uh, of my life playing at that level. And um, yeah, I miss it. I wish I would, I wish there's a lot of things I wish I could have done differently, you know, now that I reflect on it and replay a little bit, um, you know, to, to prepare myself to, especially to maximize the opportunity. I didn't really get it. Yeah. I really didn't get it until my senior year that this was the, the formula, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. To, to treat it this way, you know, like a business. And, uh, I, you know, as much as my, my buddy Chris uh, tried to instill in me, you know, the, the ego um, and, and everything else, you know, you just you try to work through it, you know? And But my senior year probably was one of the funnest years I played at, at a high level. Uh, in college. Yeah. It's just, it's just so, so different, but amazing, amazing, right, Danny, that, that just like any vacation where when you get to a destination, you really don't know until the end, but then you're about to go home. That's kind of like life leadership in business, right? Is that in your senior year, you figured it out, but dang, if you would have known (laughs) <laughs> the year you first got there and just how to prepare. But I mean, you, you just can't, you just can't figure it out until you, you have to travel and you have to get, cause that's the dynamic that's so tough where a lot of people can't make the jump either from junior college or high school to D one is not just having the preparation for football games, but really how to handle the academic and the social life mm-hmm. that, doesn't allow you to really prioritize football and maximize it. Is that true or not true? What are your thoughts? Man, it, it, that is so on point. You know, that is so on point. And I think this is why a lot of uh, people who are advocate today and, um, and having someone to guide them along through the yeah. process, right? Like, you know, to, to really instill that. People, uh, I, I don't know what they call them. I think it's coaches or advocates or agents or yeah, 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 not. right, right, right. They, they, they are there. Like uh, Chris today, my buddy Chris, he really is an advocate and a conduit to to players that's transitioning from high school to college and then from college to pros. Like he really walks them through the whole process, right? right. Like the parents and things of that nature. And, you know, he shares with me sometimes that even some players listen, some players don't, you know? And so I think um, when you have a great backbone of support, 
system that can support you through it, then you're winning, you know, uh, then, then you're ahead of the game, you know, and, and then at the same time, you got to be, I think us as players, if, if you are a player, you got to understand the end game, like the bigger picture of what you're trying to accomplish, you know, and whether that's just uh, 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 graduating from college or if you have the chance, like if you have the chance to go to that next level, you know, then now you, the, the sacrifice that you have to make, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand though. I mean, I understood the sacrifice, but I didn't understood uh, the, the, the business aspects of it. You know, I understood the sacrifice, the physical aspects of it, what I need to do to prepare myself mind wise and, and, um, and body wise to play, but I didn't understand the whole business uh, aspects uh, of it. And so I think it, it hurts a lot of, of people uh, when they don't have that someone to guide them through, you know, uh, through the process, you know, like, I think it helps soften the blow. And then it allows you to travel the path of least resistance, when you can have an advocate or a mentor or guidance to support you through that, especially as a young high school student, you know, just kind of lay out the facts. Hey, if you go, if you go this route, this is what's going to happen, you know, but if you go this route, if you, if you listen to me and we go this route, you do what you have to do. And I do what I have to do. This is where we're going to end up at. Right. And, and I think that that's what some of this personalized coaching helps makes a difference today uh, in imparting to the kids or directing the kids or supporting the kids uh, in that way. I think that's a huge asset that uh, I wish in our time we had access mm -hmm, to. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kids, I was just, you know, behind you guys graduating in 94. And I mean, you guys are legends down in SoCal. Um, I remember Chris, I think Shonde Smith from Etiwanda, which I played against. He was a senior when I was a sophomore at Etiwanda. Mm. And Etiwanda, I think they went 28 no their last two years. Shonde was there. I think wow. he was at Kansas with, because during Chris's time is one of the last times I could ever remember that Kansas was remotely, Come on. Um, right? <laughs> remotely, yeah. like legitimate in terms of the conversation for the Big 12 or, or whatever. Yep. Right? But I mean, I remember watching both of you um, when I was younger and just going, man, you know, there's some Tongan brothers up there. But really, I mean, like you said, perspective and having an advocate, somebody that can really increase your vision and have you really consider your options. Because I, I tell everybody all the time because I'll get calls um, for, from people about Boise State where I was at or what it's like to be. And I'm just like, look, j just think of it like this. So if you're looking at conferences, and I think this is one of the reasons why some of the best quarterbacks in college football right now are back east at ACC and Big East schools. I mean, um, SEC and Big Ten schools, because, I mean, you think about it. I mean, there's a difference between playing Hawaii, BYU, Utah State, um, Nevada, San Diego State. Those are those are great opportunities. And playing at the highest level that you can should be something that you look at and that you can actually play, that you feel like realistically you feel you have every opportunity to play. Man, but there's also a difference about going into a 100-person conference in college four or five times a year when you're at Ohio State, you're playing Michigan, you're playing Penn State. I mean, 
it's just drastically different because even when I first got into D1 ball, right, and you can attest to this, there's a difference between when I first got to Boise State in our first year, we played like Idaho State, then we played Oregon State. And then dramatically four years later, when we opened up at Georgia, I mean, Georgia is the number one team in America right now. But when we played, Georgia was going through some struggles, right? But still playing like A.J. Green in between the hedges at Georgia and get and we were like the highest ranked team we've ever been at Boise State. And we just got smacked. Right. And how it felt like as a G.A. during that time. Damn, look at all these like 20,000 people travel from Boise, you know, and and just really like, man, I wish we could have done more. But the dynamics of all that is just so intriguing. Playing on TV, right? Playing at high level, right? Right, Danny? I mean, there's a difference between Aloha oh. Stadium oh. And, and then and then getting paid to run out at Michigan or Ohio mm-hmm. State, which Hawaii does regularly, right? Mm-hmm. And and so some of those opportunities are just like, it's, yeah. it's mind-blowing that you could go from playing Pop Warner to high school and four years later, like DJ Uyangalele at Clemson is like, you're running out as a starter a year and a half out of high school. Come on, Danny. Right. I mean, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot there and people don't realize how close they are and how far away they can be all at the same time. But when it all comes together, it could be amazing. In which case it all working out, Winning, winning championships, BCS championships, national championships, that doesn't happen often. <laughs> Amen. Hey, your final words just on college football before we move into the juice of what you're doing today and how that changed and impacted your life. Yeah, I think I think there's one more I take away through this conversation, really, uh, Coach B, is um, I, I think it's the preparation. You know, I think every – for any kid who desires to go to that next level, it's, it's a business, you know, going to, going to college is a business. You not only learning different discipline, but you want to get as a uh, somebody that you can be, that can be a sounding board for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And it give you a roadmap of what it's like, you know, what to expect. Um, what you uh, what should you should focus on, right? And then be able to have that person uh, when when you get stuck uh, to be able to connect with and say, hey, how do I pivot from here? How do I get support? How do I you know get um, help with my my tutoring or studying? Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. it, it just you're just not on the field, you know, and and the the whole preparation. The whole experience in general, like for instance, uh, let's look at it from a academic point of view, right? Uh, if you if you didn't focus on the academic side of things, uh, you wouldn't be the person that you are today. I'm, I'm spe- specifically speaking for you, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the game of football gave you and I an opportunity to experience something that you and I would have never been able to experience, right? through if we we try to do it on on our own through academics but because we understood the game of football and had a love for it it gave us the platform and the permission to grow in life academically for me i wasn't that smart of a kid i was academically i you know i was labeled as a dumb kid uh but i worked at it you know I, i realized that 
at some point I can't play forever. And, um, and then there's life after football, you know, mm. and things of that nature. And so how am I preparing myself, you know, to, for life after football? And that was something I've, I've never really looked at until, you know, the music uh, was like, hey, we're pulling the curtain today. Yeah, <laughs> it probably time, ends, you know, right? Man, yeah, yeah. Your time is done, you know? And I was like, now you, you, you're not pivoting based on purpose. You're pivoting based on, I got to do something, you know? It's, it's out of, of emergency versus being yes, purpose, you know? So that's what I would say, man. It's like, you know, I can never take anything away from the game of football because it's, it's given me life, you know? I, me too, I, yeah. Even, even today, you know, like with leadership, like so many things I want to quit in or I want to give up in a relationship with someone or something. And I, I think about like, man, just one more down. Let me just advance the ball. Mm. One, more, one more down, you know? Let, let me just get one more play. Let me just, you know, see if I can, uh, I can score with this one more effort, you know, of, of connection. And, you know, it's taught me so much about just life in general, you know? So this is, I know I'm babbling on here, but this is- uh, No, go ahead, please. Wow, <laughs> you keep going. What yeah. else? This, Anything this, else? No, that that's it. I mean, there's so much I could just babble on about the same thing, but uh, yeah, I'll stop there. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, Dan. Hey, um, let's talk about let's talk about Legal Shield. What you're doing now? What are the projects that you're you're really embarking on? What are you trying to grow? How do we get a hold of you? And what is that platform or service that you can provide value to the marketplace and people? Awesome, I appreciate it, brother. And so, Legal Shield is a, a company that provides affordable. Uh, legal services. It's kind of like what your medical insurance does to your doctor and hospital bill. That's yes, what we do to your attorney and legal bills. And most people, as you, we all know, um, people can't afford attorneys at six hundred to twelve hundred dollars an hour, right? Mm -hmm. it's just they, it's, it's, it's tough. And so, what Legal Shield does is that for thirty dollars, a dollar a day, and a lot, the buying power of a group, we pay this law firms, not attorneys a law firm, there's 26 areas of the law, somebody within the law firm specialized in that area. So within that law firm, um, we have 4.5 million members who are prepaying for this service. So mm -hmm. like for instance, in California, uh, Parker Stansbury, I believe is the law firm and we pay them over 2 million a month to mm -hmm. care for our service. So when we call in, they get to help us with whatever it is that we want within the within the policies, right? Mm -hmm. I, I won't go into the policy, but I'm just kind of explaining to you the big big picture of it. So I like the concept because it really gives people access to their legal rights, especially in this last two years, what we experienced mm -hmm. with the pandemic, right? Uh, but it also gives empowerment to someone, especially as a foreigner, uh, who doesn't have a voice or may not have a voice or don't have any directions towards uh, things. So I like that from a service perspective. That's why I've been part of it uh, as an advocate for over 18 years now. What I do really admire that I've grown to like is the business aspects of it. It's marketing the service, but it's more so, it's not just marketing the service or uh, in calling it through walking it, 
but it's uh, it's building up people through the business aspects of network marketing, which is called mm-hmm. direct sales. A lot of people look down on the direct sales uh, marketing side of things. I I kind of like it as like the, the sports of football, right? Like you get as much as you put in, right? As you so you today uh, learning to pivot from traditional marketing into learning how to market um, via um, the internet uh, is really amazing. You know, uh, social media platforms and things of that nature. So I really like that. And I see, you know, from a football perspective or a sports perspective, uh, really you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I see some of our, our kids, if we don't make it to uh, the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then we, we label that kid uh, as a failure, you know, because they didn't go all the way, right? But, you know, looking at you right now on the screen, I wouldn't label you as a failure. You pivoted, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, know, you and I, we didn't make it to the NFL, but we pivoted. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to knock on the people that made it to the NFL. Right, right. You know, but what I'm saying is we have a tendency as a culture to put a spell on someone, right, versus speaking life. Our words that we get to speak, we speak life or we speak death. And mm. so for me, I look at uh, what I've been able to create in the industry of direct sales and um, one of the things that I see that, that is lacking in our people for over 18 years of experience uh, is uh, they don't take it seriously as the same that they would put into a job or a same commitment that they would put into, you know, playing the, the game of football at a high level uh, because it's truly an industry uh, that has, I've, I've experienced all types of people. Like, watch this. I ex- I have experienced millionaires mm-hmm. and billionaires doing legal shield. Like, like people that made their money outside of legal shield. Like, I mean, outside of this industry. Like, I had a billionaire who was a investor. He was a real estate investor. His name was Paul J. Myers. He was also uh, one of the founders of personal development back in the days, Audrey mm-hmm. Myers, somebody you, sh- you should look up. It's pretty awesome. So I had the privilege, uh, his past, but I had the privilege of uh, being mentored directly by him for over five years. So I used to go to one of his ranches and with a couple of other people. So he joined Legal Shield, our company, simply because he liked the product and he liked the opportunity that the average person could join and be able to become a millionaire, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, what he was mm-hmm. doing, he couldn't teach people what he was doing because he had already had made the money. But he said, I can take the average person and teach them how to build wealth and then how to make money and then take that money and build wealth uh, with it. And so he used to pour into us uh for five years straight before he passed right Hmm. and i I saw people who are very successful at their job join legal shield for the same reason is as a doctor i can only uh work as much as i can but if i stop working then my envy he stops the the (laughs) this is what the doctor said if i stop giving surgery then my income stops 
Right. But if I can build a business that kicks me cash flow, whether I'm working or not, that's what I want to get to. And I think that's what the platform of, of network marketing does. And there's so many people who are woven to the industry uh, comes because of, of that leverage perspective, the, rich, the residual perspective of it, uh, but more so the time freedom that it comes with, right? Like, uh, just like the experience we, and, and, and this is no by coincidence anyway, you know, the, I overslept today. Like I took my kids and I came back and I just blanked out, right? And, uh, you know, and I, I, that's never really happened to me in the last 90 days, or I can't <laughs> Stand them the time, why? Right? But it, I just today it happened. And I'm just like, man, I, now I got to shuffle so many things around. And uh, you know, obviously, had apologized to you already. But oh, all I love good. that. All good. I love, I love the fact, to, to be able to teach a simple concept. So, um, there's so many. I see so many of our people. This is my passion, Coach V. Mm -hmm. I see our people, I, I want to uh, be able to affect and help in so many ways of the next generations on how to build wealth, not just based on the level of education that you have, mm. or the level of uh, sports accomplishment you have gained. But if you truly have a desire to work and grind, that you can do it. You can do it with the direct sales. It, it doesn't have to be legal show. It could be any company, but mm. I would encourage you to do legal show because it it's an incredible mission, you know, and, and and things of that nature. And I really uh, see that long term. Uh, I'm actually working with a friend of mine in ministry uh, to put together a curriculum to help teach network marketing principles in our high school, you know, to start teaching that as kind of like, you know, workshop. We, If we're preparing our kids to go work a job, then why, then why not teach them how to build wealth? Yeah, you, no know, right. you know, there's a difference, right? I know our people, we, we always um, look at it. It's like, you know, yeah. look at this person. You know, they, they, we, we always have something. Um, well, how do I say this in a pleasant way? We always have something negative to say about someone until that person go out, goes out and do it, you know, and then now they become believers in doing it. But what I want is what I desire and see vision wise is to be able to teach the principles of network marketing uh, to kids at a young age who desire to be entrepreneurs because it leads them into I didn't know getting started with Legal Shield 18 years ago that will lead me to what I'm doing today. Like that will open up the doors to relationship that I have today. Uh, my relationship, my network today of people is my true uh, essence of accomplishment. You know, there's a saying, um, the rich and wealthy build a network where everyone else go looking for work, right? right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, today, uh, I have people in my in my influence that can help, you know, change the game uh, in in a small country in people's lives, right? If there's a, a purpose or things of that nature, I know a few guys that I can make a phone call 
a few people, even women, that I can, I can make a phone call and say, hey, would you partner with me in making a difference in this? Or, you know, that this makes sense to you. But I would have never been able to, to help do that or, or acquire the, the palate or the taste or, mm. or the elevation or the IQ today if I didn't get into entrepreneurship. So even if you take the legal shield aspects of it, learn the industry, because it's a huge industry. And uh, I believe it's a hundred and eighty-seven billion dollar industry. When you mm-hmm. uh, equate that with football, the NFL, I, I believe, is like nineteen or sixteen billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. And it's a hundred. The direct sales is about a hundred and eighty-seven. The one that comes close to this industry is organic food, which is like about sixty-seven. And video games of kids, right, 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 like right up there, right. So I'm not trying to boast, be pompous or arrogance. What I'm saying is the facts are the facts, right. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I think there's there's a, a time where we we got to pivot our mindset. We got to change our mindset on how we look at things, you know. And and um, if there's a saying that Les Brown would say, if you change the way you look at things the things you're looking at will be different, you know? And when, like when I came into the industry, I didn't know it was going to change my life. To literally tell you the truth, I came in because I wanted to make some money. My wife was making more money than me. And as a man, that didn't sit well with me. As a man, I'm supposed to be the provider, you know? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to take her out to dinner. I wanted, I think it was just, it's just a man's ego. Right. Mm. But, you know, didn't know that this is was God's plan and molded me slowly into it. And uh, today, the, the 18 years of wealth and experience that I've acquired uh, through Legal Shield, I, I wouldn't trade it for, you know, a million dollars. You know, it's just uh, so valuable to me that I know that I can earn more. And, and to, to, to be truly, I'm, you know, I'm earning more today outside of legal show and other investments than what I'm doing my business, you know, but, awesome. but my yeah. pays me whether I work or not. You know, I got two kids that are going to a private school that my wife and I got a stroke a check for 27 G's yep. uh, two times, you know, uh, to, 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 to pay for them. And I would have never been able to do that just working a job and I'm not knocking on the job. That's not what I'm saying. What, what I'm saying is there's more out there for us, you know? Yeah. 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 Man, I love that. I love that. True to form in the fastest hour in Hollywood personal development. We are, we're quickly coming down to the, to the final, to the final, final, but in that Chris in, in a minute or two, what would be, what would be your deal, Danny? Danny, what would be your um, message to the world? What would that be? I I would say, don't be afraid of failure. You know, um, as mm. a kid, I was labeled as a dumb kid. And that was kind of like the spell that they spoke over me. You know, it was so mm. funny because they spoke it so much that I actually received it, believed you it. know, and believed it. And, um, but you know, today learning and growing, understanding my true identity and how the Lord sees me, he's never seen me as a failure. 
And mm. I started to look at, at, at failure from a perspective in my journey of 18 years of, of being in business. If you don't fail, you don't have an opportunity to learn. Mm. Right? Like you can actually learn your way into wealth. And uh, we, we make failure, I think, in our culture as a bad thing. Mm. But failure is part of success. Like if you're not failing, then you're not, then you're not moving forward. You know, it's like uh, in ministry, my spiritual father would teach me, say, Danny, look at the game. Uh, look at, at ministry as like the game of football. All you're trying to do is to advance the ball to get a first down. And then you're going to build momentum, right? After first down, first down, then pretty soon we're scoring touchdown. Because right now, the devil is scoring left to right. He's just moving the ball up and down the field. What we want to do is just try to stop him so we can get our offense in the game, you know? Right. And so yeah. that, that was mind-blowing uh, to me. So I just want to encourage uh, people, Coach V, you know, failure is part of the success process in anything. Like I see mm -hmm. a lot of people, not just in our people, but I see a lot of people fail one time. It's like, man, that thing doesn't work. You know, yeah, yeah. or they, they yeah, yeah, yeah. all kind of excuses uh, of uh, instead of moving forward. But it's it's like one door uh, closes, another door opens, right? And, and, and sometimes the do those door closes because the Lord doesn't want you to go in that door. He has a better door for you. But if we don't have the mindset and a healing heart, it's hard for us to receive things from people. Mm. And it's hard for us to really, um, to really walk out our true destiny uh, in like, like Bruce Lee say, like water, right? Like, so you just, yeah. you're just moving through like water, just find the, the gaps and, 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 and work your way through. But I think a lot of times people look at failure as an obstacle versus, you know, uh, just a part of the success process that you get to, you know, uh, my, my mentor, um, that, that's the second point that I want to pivot into. My mentor um, shared with me, it, you know, every, every level, there's a greater devil. Right? Every mm -hmm. level, you're going to have to defeat a devil to get to the next one. Like, the devil meaning being a challenge, like something God is going to strategically place something on top. It's like what we talked about a couple of weeks ago where, you know, you wanted to earn this a million in your, in your coaching and you had to overcome a hurdle, right? Don't, that, that's the devil, right? Like the, the hurdle, right. some people call it the devil, some people call it hurdles, but obstacles, whatever it is that you want to call. But every level we want to grow to grow to that we there's a different devil standing there that we gotta conquer that we gotta that we gotta slay down, or that we got we have to become bigger than that problem, right? And I realize that so many times we we um, we can't solve a problem in the same mindset we created the problem. Mm. We have to become bigger than that problem. So how do we do that? Get a mentor. Right, find a mentor. Failure is inevitable. It, it comes with success, but mentors help you to travel the path of least resistance. You are able to go faster, and I think you know it was why I signed up for your coaching. Yeah, do I know some some stuff about personal growth? 
yeah, I know, but could I know more, right? Mm. And so it's why I, I, I signed up for your mentoring class so that I can grow some more. And especially, you know, uh, all these years of, of admiring the work uh, that you have done, you know, really uh, excite me to be, uh, to be able to take that on, especially uh, to learn from you. And, and, you know, sometimes we, our pride gets in the way and say, well, he, you know, you're younger than me. Why should I be learning from you? It's like, man, mm-hmm. you can learn from anyone, especially someone that's been there and done it, right? Like if I could just learn championship qualities from being around you in this coaching session, mm-hmm. then I've already won, right, uh, in, in that way. But that's, that's a mindset uh, that I would encourage uh, your viewer to, to take in is, one, embrace failure. Number two, get you a mentor. Because mm. uh, it, it allows you to travel the path of least resistance, yet cause a large amount of change in a short period of time. You know, the inevitable is, is that we're going to fail. You know, how many times? It's up to you. That's a choice. You know, I, I think um, it's been framed this way. Uh, Pain is temporary, but suffering is optional. You get to choose, mm. right, uh, in, in that way. So that's ultimately our choice. I hope that makes sense. Oh, me. man, total sense. In that, it was interesting when I reached out because um, I wanted to get you on the show, and then we started talking about the program, and now we got Legal Shield. <laughs> We're going to have Legal Shield on a Zoom call, coaching session monthly. And I really appreciate you looking into that and subscribing to the program. And then also for taking the time out of your schedule. Um, I know you got a lot of things going on, man. And uh, for you to just come on, because I've always seen you as a person of value. And it was just long overdue that we connected for a Zoom call. And for everybody that's out there, that life, leadership, business, sports and relationships is a contact sport. I reached out to Danny just for him to come on the show. And then for him to go, for me to go, you know what? He was talking all the stuff that I believe in. And there was a congruence and alignment there. I said, hey, can I show you what I do real quick? And he goes, man, I would be in on that. Let me get to my team. And I want to. So it's just amazing what happens when you have the courage to be willing to go through somebody denying something that you want to promote and just make the connection and allow the flow of the process to work itself out. Right now, he's on the show. He's part of uh, the Empowerment to Success Success Mentor Program, bringing on some people from Legal Shield. Shout out to your sister. Uh, it just came in yesterday that she subscribed to the program too. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really grateful. I'm grateful to be able to coach anybody, Danny, um, that is willing to level up in their in their place of life, leadership, and business. Before, like people that are leaders in their industry and that are Tongan and Polynesian, because I've really had more people that are Polynesian subscribe to what it is that I do. Come on the program, talk about, hey, this can happen to anybody, but what differentiates the people. It is that uh, uh, achieve a certain level of success and life fulfillment, because I think that's totally different. Right, Danny? There is a certain level of success that anyone can achieve, but success along with the ability to now translate that success into joy, peace, happiness, fulfillment, love and family time. 
That's yeah. what it is that I'm saying that is available to all of us, especially here in the United States of America, right? Where the American dream really is. I'm not saying that the starting point's the same, right, Danny? Right. right. For you and I, it was not the same. Or Chris Malmalanga, the legends <laughs> from, from the 310 <laughs> from your guys' area, right? I mean, but what I'm saying is that if you try and, and you stick with it, you might have to pivot. You might have to be patient for a couple of years. I mean, it's taken me 11 years. This is my 11th years in the personal development space to get to where I am today, uh, right? 11 years. So I really appreciate you coming on the show and take 30 seconds, Danny. What's your final final and your experience being on the show? And then we'll, we'll close this out. Man. 30 seconds, okay. Um, I think, so I say it this way. So uh, one of the things that I do understand today from a faith perspective is a healing, mm. if you don't have a healing heart, it's very hard for advice, mm. opportunity, or blessings to come your way. When I was wounded uh, prior to being healed, and, and, and recommitted myself to, and, and dedicated myself to the Lord, I didn't, I, I kept the two world apart, business and mm. ministry, you know, but no one ever really, this is why a mentor or a spiritual father is so necessary because they get to break that down to you with love. And so mm. I've always had this heart to, for people, but I, my, my, prior experience coach V wouldn't allow me to live that out because I was so wounded. I had so mm. many people who have lied to me who taken advantage of, of my kindness for weakness uh, or have taken stuff from me or bar stuff that never paid back, you know, mm. whatever it is, you know, I, I found uh, that through ministry, I get to release that like you know, leave that, like release that to the Lord. I no longer own that anymore. I've, I've released them and have blessed them because I realized that when I heal, then I'm now I'm open to what God has in store for me in the future. Why? Right? Like I'm making a space. I see a lot of people today who makes a lot of money, but they're not happy. You know, mm. they're, you know, speaking to people from a, a plantation owner mindset, like I'm <laughs> better than you, right? And just treating people with honor and respect and love, I think goes a long way, uh, but that takes a lot of healing in our heart. And so how, how is that relating to personal development is you, you can't really but put good seeds in bad, uh, ground, right? Like it's like it's like taking a good seed and putting it in a wounded heart is like taking a good seed and dropping it on concrete. Mm. It's not gonna grow, right? But That's when true. you take a good seed and you plant it in a good heart, in a healed heart, it's like dropping a seed in fertile ground. No matter what you drop, what is what seed you drop in there it will grow. And so that's my encouragement is, man, find healing uh, and allow yourself to grow into the capacity of how God sees you versus how you see yourself. Because if, you, if we continue to keep operating from the place of where we see ourselves, 
then we'll only go this far. But mm-hmm. if you really, really, really get to see where God wants you to go, then you, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole, it's an abundance mm. uh, of lifestyle, right? It's an abundance of blessings. So hopefully that makes sense. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, no, I appreciate you. And, and the Island City crew, um, they'll, they'll bear with us here in terms of the production, but let's get some final shout out. 30 seconds. Who do you want to shout out? Man, I want to shout out, uh, well, obviously my boy, Chris, uh, my older brother, man, my older brother has been like, I don't want to get emotional, but uh, my older brother's been like a father figure for, to me and uh, and my best friend. Mm. My family, jeez, uh, my sisters, man, uh, my mom, my dad, he obviously he's not here, but yeah, just just them. And then my, uh, my business family, the people that uh, has has uh, withstand the, the uh, experience of dealing with me, you know, <laughs> the patience and the, the unconditional love, my, 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 uh, my, uh, my, my spiritual parents uh, here in Hawaii. He's actually younger. He's your age. Mm. He's younger than me. Uh, but uh, man, uh, without that guy, I, I, without my spiritual parents, I don't know where I'd be today, you know, so... Mm. Yeah, man. So, uh, that's it. My my wife and my kids, and just so so grateful for life, man. That uh, actually took me forty eight years to get on the right path, you know. Mm. And so, you know, in in God's time, that's that's uh that's never too late, you know. So, uh, don't don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, I think that's one thing that I used to do is I used to beat up on my. I didn't need anybody to beat up on me because I I would do a pretty good job. Mm. Uh, so that's it, brother. I appreciate you. you, man. And no, I appreciate keep you. Keep up the great work. Keep up yeah. the great work. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to the Island City uh, Media Group family for the production of this show that's going to be airing both on Dash Radio from Hollywood, California, and on the, my Facebook, at Coach Viliami Facebook Live. Shout out to Q and Admin Green. Thanks for letting us go over in terms of, you know, we're an hour and 20 minutes in. We're still broadcasting. And so thank you so much for that. And thank you to Danny Couture for coming on the show. Shout out to all the people at Legal Shield, to his big brother, Joe, his mom and dad. Uh, God rest uh, in peace to his father and all the people that have had a huge impact on Danny that now he gets to uh, reflect that impact and love and the grace of God in his life to all of us that are out here that follow him. Thank you so much to everybody for tuning in on the Coach V Show where iron sharpens iron, together we watch. And and Danny and and I are here today, uh, just not for the the sake of success, right? But for you, for the sake of being your best. In doing so, you realize the best of your abilities and that everything and anything that you dream and work for can be achieved. This is how this success coach, keynote speaker, Hollywood radio show host and author lives all about faith and family, grateful for God's amazing grace. From your boy, Danny Couture from the 808 and from your boy, Viliami Tuibai from here in Elk Grove, California broadcast from Hollywood. Until next Mana Motivation Monday here on the Coach V Show. One love from your boy Danny and your boy Coach V. Until next time, one love. Aloha to the 808. (laughs) Peace. Thank you, Danny.